Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin and Moscow Mush Milton. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at Ray Hunt 84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash In That Number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 213. Uh, The late show once again for Saints as Ryan Fraser grabbed us all three points at the den deep into stoppage time. Once again, the game wasn't a great one, uh, but we don't care about that. We picked up a clean sheet, another three points, extended our unbeaten run to seven, and we're climbing up that league table to fourth now. Just one point behind Leeds. Uh, today, we also crown our player and goal of the month for October. Uh, with me to discuss all the latest drama is the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton and Tim Bizance. Kevin, how are you? Yes, what, ladies and gentlemen? What? I'm slightly hungover again. Way. Hey, for the first time in, in quite a long time. So, yeah, had a good, uh, good night uh, celebrating a, a late Halloween slash bonfire night. Um, in one go so yeah it's good fun excellent it was only last week that we were saying that um you, well you were saying that you're you're being good mm. you've uh i was a little bit naughty for halloween yeah oh, okay 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 yeah so you celebrated that by uh having a drink <laughs> i treated myself to a, a little uh <laughs> a little beer or two <laughs> good stuff uh tim how are you have you uh shaken off your your head cold it's almost done it's almost done so if you have uh any solace and what to expect ahead for your recovery, you've got probably another week or so and you'll be back. To, you'll be back up and running next week uh, for our uh, for our podcast at this time. I hope so, because I've got worse. I mean, yesterday I was fine. I thought I was getting better then and I thought, yeah, I've got to overcome it. But got out this morning and I just feel terrible. Um, so, yeah, apologies. if You can hear my uh, my my sinuses are blocked at the moment. So I, uh, 
I, I will do my best to sound as clear as I possibly can. Get well soon, lads. Yeah, thanks. Official man flu podcast. Yeah, I feel like we should be sponsored by some sort of like pseudofed. Sponsored or, by Lemsflip, yeah. Lemsflip, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Mill, Millwall then, we left it late again. Russell Martin time. Um, can we call it that now? I mean, because obviously Sir Alex Ferguson got a... Uh, <laughs> got, got the nickname of uh, Fergie time, but uh, Russell Martin's kind of taken over that mantle now. Um, Marty wee- time. Marty time. Yeah. Okay. Let's have that. Uh, the wee man, Ryan Fraser, he did it at Hull nah. uh, and he did it again at Millwall. He's breaking hearts up and down the country. So yeah, I've had a look back at this as well. So Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, an 87th minute winner at uh, Norwich, a 97th minute equaliser, Plymouth, a 94th minute winner, Hull, a 95th minute winner, Preston, a 96th minute equaliser, and Millwall, a 93rd minute winner. What do they all have in common? Um, They're all things that you fucking love to see. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's becoming a trend. And this is added drama that we really don't need. Um, in fact, aside from that Leeds and Birmingham one, it hasn't been comfortable for us at all, has it? I mean, the Sunderland and Leicester ones are uncomfortable for different reasons. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that we've not been accustomed to in, in recent years. It's usually the other way around, isn't it? Absolutely. But yeah, it's... um. It's great, as you say. It's things that you love to see. Um, just a quick side note. If you're interested in joining our Discord, uh, then get in touch. Uh, you can join in with our game discussions, our predictions league, fantasy football, fantasy championship. It's all fun. It's all free. Uh, so if you want to join us, uh, get in touch and we'll get you in. Um, and also a reminder, if you are enjoying the show, uh, show your support uh, by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number or buy me some Lemsip. That would be nice. Anything like that. Um, I'd appreciate it. So buy me a lemsip.com forward slash in that number. <laughs> yeah. Buy me a chamomile tea. I'll take that at the moment as well. Oh, losing my voice. Oh, I bet I, this doesn't go by the, by the time the show's out. Anyway, ITN news then, chaps. Uh, let's let's hit it. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, first bit of news that I want to discuss is uh, Colin Calderwood, Kev, uh, joined the coaching staff. He comes to us from Northampton Town. Um, yeah. A good appointment, I suppose. Um, another friend of Russell Martin's. I remember him at Spurs back in the day. Um, decent, ever-present uh, defender, wasn't he? So, yeah, I'm, and I don't know what he's like. Uh, I haven't really been in contact with any Northampton Town fans, but uh, I, I feel that only adding to our numbers is, is a good thing. Yeah, Calderwood at Staplewood. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> um, probably because he's not going to be there, as he's going to be sitting in the boardroom somewhere, isn't he? Possibly. Did you see him at the um, uh, Millwall game, by the way? Was he there? Because I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, James Beattie was there. I definitely saw him. He was everywhere. <laughs> yes. He was on, on the coach. On the river. coach, singing <laughs> uh, when the Saints, he was in the state. Yeah, that, another thing what that you love to see. But yeah, he's brilliant. Speaking of Staplewood, did you see the uh, uh, what uh, Storm Kieran uh, did to... Uh, the training ground in the week uh, knocked the, the tree onto the training pitch, which, were, oh. uh, yeah, an 80 mile an hour wind just uh, took the tree down and it landed on the pitch. So, yeah, good start to the week that was. Yeah, well, you know, they made a lot of those green credentials of planting trees, didn't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> torn a few up, so they're going to have to plant a few more. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Tim, Millwall without a manager at the moment. They're about a win in a while as well, thanks to us. But um, Nathan Jones could be uh, heading to Millwall. I mean, what do we what do we think of that? We feel sorry for Millwall. <laughs> I, so historically, he's had success with Luton Town twice over, but we saw that was a product of the actual 
players itself and maybe not so much Nathan Jones. So taking a team with Noel, who has some good talent in there, and we saw with their stout defense throughout the almost the almost super majority of the game. Uh, I mean, it's maybe at the level of the appointment that they have. I think John Eustace, who had that success recently with Birmingham, I think he'd be a better shoot a shout. But uh, we'll see. Uh, let's. They might have some. Uh, some fun press conferences over there in the near future. Absolutely, yeah. Those all important player and goal of the month results. Yeah, it was um, it was quite a good, quite a good month, wasn't it? October undefeated and all that. We've got a lot of goals, uh, won a lot of games, got a lot of points. So yeah, lots of goals, lots of players uh, that that did well. So um, should we start with the player or the goal? What would you prefer, Kevin? So since it's player and goal of the month, let's start with the player. Okay, right. Okay, so the uh, the four options that we gave you for player of the month were Kyle Walker-Peters, Flynn Downs, Stuart Armstrong, and Taylor Harwood Bellis. Now we had a little bit of um, difficulty selecting these, didn't we, Kev? Because we could have had Adam Armstrong in there because you know he had a good month. There was um, Sulaimanas also had a good month. There's a lot of players that could have been in there, but uh, we had to whittle it down to four. And they obviously they always chose from our man of the matches uh, each week. So we tally them up and those are the ones that get the, uh, get the votes. Uh, so yeah, apologies if there wasn't anybody in there that you thought should be in there. Uh, Stuart Armstrong at the bottom with 4% of the votes, followed by Taylor Harwood Bellis with 18% of the votes. Uh, Flynn Downs picked up 38%, leaving the winner Kyle Walker-Peters with 40. So yeah, just a 2% difference between Kyle Walker-Peters and, and Flynn Downs. Um, I think I actually voted for Flynn. Uh, in the end, but um, just edged out. Um, what about you two? Did you um, who did you vote for? I'm pretty sure I voted for Kyle Lang. Kyle Walker Peters. Okay, excellent. Uh, and goal of the month again. That this was really difficult to whittle down because we saw some, not just good goals, but we saw some very very important goals that we you know we had to add. I mean, we started the month with Stu Armstrong's amazing free kick at Stoke, and then we have Ryan Fraser's last minute winner against Hull. We had Kyle Walker-Peters opening the scoring at Preston. And, of course, who can forget Gavin Bazunu's... Well, we're giving it to Gavin Bazunu anyway, even though it wasn't officially uh, an own goal. But Kyle Walker-Peters, wonderful strike. Only got 10% of the votes and finished in last place. Uh, Ryan Fraser's was 29%. Gavin Bazunu's uh, was 29%. But the winner of goal of the month was Stuart Armstrong's amazing free kick against Stoke with 32%. So, yeah, there we go. Kai Walker-Peters and Stuart Armstrong. Both of my folks just edged it. Yeah, I did did actually vote for Stu for the goal. Mm. Yeah, me too. There you go. We've won it. We've done it for him. Yes. On to the low knees there. Not a lot has happened uh, over this this past week, but I just want to mention Paul Onuachu, who scored again. Uh, in Saturday's 3-2 win at Fenerbahce, that was some his Trabzon sport team. So he scored four goals and an assist in the seven games he has played. I um, mean, he is their top scorer. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing well, and it looks like they love him. Found a home. Let's hope we can find a buyer. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, he would have been ideal for Jones Ball. Um, it just, I don't know, it just didn't happen, did it? No, definitely not. Yeah, under-21s, they played on Monday the 30th against Wolves, at Wolves. We lost 2-1. Uh, Ebertoman scored the goal for us. Uh, and then on to Sunderland on Friday the 3rd. Uh, that was at Staplewood. Uh, a 2-1 loss. Uh, but the good news from that is that Ross Stewart started uh, and he played 45 minutes of competitive football and he, it took him just seven minutes to score. So I suppose that's, that's good news from a loss. Uh, yeah, excellent stuff. Apart from the loss, of course. Yeah, a lot less trouble. I mean, but he's got, he's got competition there. Mm. I mean... 
Ryan Fraser, we could call him. <laughs> Not best job for him. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Um, anyway, their next match is um, AFC Stoneham on Tuesday the 14th of November. That's at Stoneham Lane. Um, and that is in the Servio Men's Senior Cup. Um, and the women, uh, they haven't played because they're on their international break, uh, but they return to championship action today. Uh, and they're back at St. Mary's against Sheffield United. Um, they kicked off 23 minutes ago. So uh, 2-1 up. Jesus Christ, yeah. They scored. Uh, Sophia Farah scored in 13 minutes. Uh, Sheffield United equalised after 18 minutes and then Katie Wilkinson uh, put us back up in front uh, on the 21st minute. So, yeah, that's um, a very, very lively 21 minutes that's gone by uh, at St Mary's. But, yeah, lead 2-1 at the moment. Uh, under 18s, again, they haven't played uh, and they play next against Manchester United at Staplewood on Saturday, the 25th of November. OK, let's get uh, let's get straight into this Millwall game then. Yeah, looking to extend our unbeaten October into November uh, and keep this good league streak against Millwall as well in check. And we stayed undefeated in the league against Millwall since 1989. And you have to go back to September 1977, the last time we lost the league game at the Den. Uh, which did surprise me a little bit. Um, a streak that we did extend. Uh, Ryan Fraser helped us to all three points uh, with that 93rd minute winner. Such a relief, really, and a fantastic explosion of emotion. I mean, you can just ask my uh, ask my kids because I was watching it on the sofa, and then when that goal went in, I I screamed. I screamed the place down, didn't I, Caitlin? Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, and I scared the cat. So yeah, it was um it was amazing. But it was a win that was deserved. Um can we just do it a little bit more comfortable, please? I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> you like it like that, do you? Yeah, the excitement, you know. No, I would rather I'd much rather have a three one win like Birmingham and, and, and Leeds. You know, we're we're getting we're getting variety. It's not all um last minute winners. You know, that Leeds win was fairly comfortable. Birmingham comfortable. But yeah. Yeah, it's good. We've got wins in different ways. I just find I don't stay engaged enough, though. I'm sat there just fearing the worst, thinking, oh, here we go. This is going to be a boring, drab, nil-nil draw. We're not going to pick up points. We, we, we've lost out on picking up points. And and then it happens, and it's just like, for God's sake, why couldn't we have done that in the third minute or something like that? And it's just it, something to hang on to rather than to, than to chase something. That's, that's how but I But for see. the fans, for the fans, like, going home, there's no feeling like it, you know, seeing the last minute winner and um, yeah, coming away with uh, with the bragging rights. Just um, yeah, you forget everything that built up uh, built up to it. You don't care, you know. You know, it's great for entertainment value, but it's not great for confidence when it comes to the long stretch that we have again and the long slog that is the championship. It's great to see us winning. It's great to see us being happy, and I think it can lead a foundation to be successful. I would just like it to be a little bit more comfortable, like the Birmingham City win, uh, like the Leeds win. Uh, but those were few and far between compared to what is the, the last minute winners in Russell Martin time. Yeah. And also another thing that, that, that gets me as well is like other teams, how they see us. I mean, they're going to look back at our recent results and think, oh, you know, that, that if, it, where, you know, if we did beat teams comfortably all the time, they'd be like, oh, Saints, you know, they're on, they're on a decent run at the moment. They're scoring goals for fun. They're quite dangerous. We've got to be careful from the off. As opposed to, oh, you know, we can just press them a little bit and then hopefully we don't concede in the last minute and you've got them. I just, I, I, yeah, like that goes back to confidence, though, doesn't it? It gives me a lot more confidence. I think it shows the, the, the unity, the belief and the hard work that the players are putting in for the whole 90 minutes. We don't see their heads drop when we concede. Um, they don't just um, try and grind out a trap nil-nil. They're still going for it in the 90 what minute. 
Um, yeah, I like that. That feels me with confidence. Actually, yeah. last season, um, you know, they were just given up after about sixty minutes. Yeah, that is a good thing. Beliefs there. Yeah, that is good. That they, they keep they keep going to the very end. It is um, it, that is good to see from our point of view. Anyway, that's that, that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, anyway, into the game, the, the changes and stuff. Well, there wasn't any. <laughs> Uh, changes. It was unchanged from that 3 on win over Birmingham, and you can't really have any complaints about it, really. The only thing that I was looking out for was probably the inclusion of Ross Stewart on the bench, but not this time. Um, like I said, I, I think they'll probably leave it and uh, give him a home return against West Brom. Um, but yeah, you have to be happy with that, Kev. Ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, Ross Stewart, uh, not quite fit. Yeah, um, played the night before, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah. Teams, so, yeah, he obviously wasn't part of the plan for today. Um and yeah, um, Adam Armstrong and Suleiman are kind of like you know been switching uh, roles in the attack. Um, that, that was interesting to see, but yeah, otherwise there wasn't really any changes at all. No, I think he's found his right lineup, and to me, a lineup I, I, that doesn't include Che Adams or Ross Stewart yet. Yeah, and Adams, I mean, he just can't he just can't fit everybody in. So. Seeing Alcaraz in that false nine, still want to be able to push up on the far left. Adam Armstrong being able to push up on the far right. Uh, he's solidified what seems like to be that that center. And we, by having Alcaraz sit back a little bit farther, I think it's expo- it's it's covering for our midfield just a little bit and just enough that it hasn't allowed for the significant breaks. So to me, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take it, run with it. And it's been successful. So why change it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue with it. I can't. I don't think anybody can really. And like Kev said, if it ain't break, don't fix it. Um, but yeah, how did you see this one, Kev? Because, I mean, the, the stats would suggest that it was quite dominating. Uh, once again, you know, possession, pass and shots, all those parameters. I mean, you, you, you dominate, but then you still get that feeling that Millwall will be a little bit aggrieved to end the game with nothing. I guess what I'm asking is whether it's a deserved victory. It certainly is. Yeah, we were the better team for the whole 90 minutes. They didn't really trouble us at all. Of course, they had a couple of chances, but Bazunu, um, he might as well have had the day off, to be honest. Uh, he didn't really have much to do at all. He's uh, a clean sheet, but uh, yeah, you can't give him credit for that, I don't think. Um, I thought the back line was really solid, just performed the way we want it to. And maybe these are signs that that team is, well, you know what I mean, the, that group at the back is, is kind of gelling well, that they understand the roles, and that Carl uh, Walker Peters has got that freedom to, to roam and understand that he's got his back covered as well. It's a back four as well that has been been having James Bree in it uh, without Ryan Manning and also you've got to think slice. about yeah, yeah and also you've got to think about uh, the fact that uh, Jan Bednarik is going to be suspended for that for that West Brom game so there's going to have to be changes made back there so Mason Holgate that's the only option that we've got instead is of bringing Charles uh, yeah yeah I suppose because and uh, Jack Stevens isn't isn't quite ready to, to, to come straight back into the fray so <clears throat> I guess you know this game was kind of like a, a, a typical away performance well, away performance from a Russell Martin side anyway, just keep it keep it steady, uh, try and control the possession and create the chances when they appear. But it did take quite a while to get those chances and they didn't appear till around 20 minutes. So, yeah, quite a slow one. Um, although we dominated, Kev, did you feel like that we should have been pressing a little bit more? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. It was a little bit frustrating. I mean, I don't know about the, um, the first half stats, but I mean, it might as well have been 90% possession. Well, Millwall didn't really do anything, so... 
you know, we could have done a bit more with the ball. But no, I think we we had our fair share of the chances. Stewie, Stewie. Yeah, uh, that was the first one. Stu had one and he hit one over the bar. I don't know, I don't know if, if uh, Bodkowski actually saved that one, but um, yeah, it was the one that Adam Armstrong kind of teed him up for after winning the ball back from Wes Harding. And then uh, uh, Stu just smashed one over. Yeah, uh, Alcaraz had the chance saved. And, you know, we got corner from that that um, ended up with Smallbone hitting the keeper pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they were there. We could have just made a bit more of them, but slightly frustrating. Yeah, and and Tim, I mean, Kev says he wasn't, you know, he, he didn't check the the stats at halftime. Uh, probably would have been about ninety or ninety percent possession. But I mean, I because of the way that I I see things, I see things a little bit differently. I did think that Millwall did have a goal in them, um, especially towards the end of that first half. We saw plenty of set pieces. It just kept me on edge a little bit more. But did you think that you know Millwall were going to be able to break us down before the half? Before the half, no. I think we have that first half magic where we're able to find the foundation. And then what I was scared about was them coming into the second half and being able to be able to tweak around it. We've seen that before now, where especially the Birmingham City game where it changed. It, it was it was a That's complete true, change. Yeah. It was complete domination to it's a 50-50 and they can absolutely score, which you know they made the quick sub and Stainsfield came in and, and and got and got that quick goal. So to me, I think that I was more worried about that second half. Uh, and ultimately, I think what was their downfall was their the lack of their clinicalness. So while they had a great back line and their midfield was fine, uh, they weren't able to push up the ball to, to Bradshaw and to Nisbet, where other teams had quicker players that could uh, that can manage and work on the counter against us, uh, which would have been to their benefit. Uh, and uh, fortunately, they weren't able to g- uh, get that ball out, and I wasn't terribly scared overall. One, the one, one thing that made me nervous is uh, set pieces, because that's, yeah. that's always been our weak point, and uh, they, they did look quite good at that. Um, that they're quite used to having the ball in the air and um, getting ahead on it. And um, their, their centre-back had a um, header come off the bar, didn't he, in the first half? Where's Harding, yeah. Yeah, I mean, almost all of their chances came from their centre-backs. I mean, it's just sort of a Millwall stereotype team, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's it's always uh, the way as well that we're going to concede by, you know, concede we're going to concede by set-pieces, um, which is putting more pressure on our defence by allowing them to get more people into the box and that's what that's what I thought would have happened if we can't find a way to beat them uh, then then that's what's going to happen and I thought um, Bolkowski had a good game actually for Millwall I thought yeah, he uh, did yeah yeah seven shots he faced on target and he dealt with six of them obviously but um, I think he did yeah. all he could I mean some of them he should have saved there was one that Sulemana had that was pretty much right at him there was one that uh, I think that was one that you said about Smallbone hitting straight at him mm. it was um the angle was on in, on his side. Kev, you mentioned that uh, that Wes Harding uh, won against the crossbar, um, but yeah, there was no real clear cut chances for them. And yeah, Gavin Bazzini might as well have had a day off, as you'd said. Yeah, and that was that was my concern, Kev. It was just those those choppy fouls that we were conceding in the middle and allowing them to get forward. And, and Flim Downs actually picked up a yellow card, um, but. Yeah, they never really troubled Baz. And yeah, as I say, if they, if they were going to take the lead, you, I just felt like it was going to be through that because there was nothing. I think our back four were playing so well uh, and they kept their shape so well that it wasn't going to be, they weren't going to get through us by passing it through. Um, they either had to go the long way or uh, or set pieces. I didn't feel scared about their their attack presence. Their, their defense, though, uh, it was very, very, very tough to break down. And that is the uh, playbook 
to be able to play against us is to have that low block and break on the counter. If they had that better attack, the counterattack, if they had that better attack, we would be talking a draw and even a loss. One thing I did pick up on Kev, which was, um, which is really, really great to see after what we've experienced, in, in, you know, especially in September, was the speed and transitioning from back to front whilst playing you know, out from the back. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if this is, this is Millwall just sitting back and trying to, to come away with a point at this stage, or Saints just showing that little more understanding in what Russell Martin's trying to do, um, the approach play into playing out from the back. Is it becoming easier for them? Are they understanding what he wants a little bit more? Because... Some of that passing was great. I mean, I saw Bazzuni just kind of like roll out to Bednarik. Bednarik gives mm. it to Bree. Bree gives that to Alcaraz. Alcaraz takes off. And it just seems like we had a little bit more purpose with our with our play. Uh, and that, that was great to say. Now, I'm, I'm hoping it is, it is the, the former that I said that we are getting more an understanding and they are learning to play out from the back. But I don't want it to be that our mill were just that bad that they just have to sit back and, and let us have a go at them. Yeah, I mean, they did it again and again and again. And I think the difference here is that um, I mean, Russell Martin complained about himself. Uh, he sort of fairly diplomatically but um, said that the, the players aren't doing what he wants to do for the full 90 minutes. And this time they did. I mean, yeah, the goal pretty much comes from that you know, quick transition. Um, just before the goal, I had a chance that Stu rolled wide, but that was built up beautifully, like just quick playing out from the back. Alcaraz gets the ball, makes a bombing run. Uh, a couple of passes, small violent downs, really quick to find uh, a line through. And yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Stu or Sidamana or um, Armstrong getting on the end of it and um, and creating chances. Just more urgency, I felt. Yeah, because, you know, when it's, that, when it's passing it back, especially when we're a goal down or more, and you, you see them, you know, pass it around the back line, pass it back to the goalkeeper and then pass it around the back line again and going, backwards and sideways um yeah joe, joe tessimon uh, uh radio Solon. yeah yeah he, he's got a real bugbear with that he goes absolutely fucking crazy about it but, so um, do i <laughs> yeah it's I, game I think... management you have to understand the situation at the time that you're in and you need to know what you need to do as opposed to just managing out you know when we were two one up against sheffield wednesday and we were doing that uh the crowd were cheering right because we were ahead and once they didn't really have a chance of a look in but yeah you know when you're three nil down against sunderland come on yeah a bit of urgency please and, um, and, uh, and when, you, when you're one one with rotherham and you know you need the goal Oh, let, yeah, let's I mean, let's go for it yeah like don't sit back and pass it back you need to make a move otherwise there's going to be some very angry fans yeah i mean that, and that was the match that russell martin was complaining about that they they that's not what he wanted them to do yeah he what he hadn't instructed them at half time to go out and shit house of one nil win against fucking rotherham um i mean yeah go out there and do what we do in training which is yeah what they're doing today hopefully they can keep it up hopefully it doesn't cause any injuries and um yeah i mean if they if they keep it up like that i mean but who who have we got next we've got west brom Huddersfield, um, bristol city cardiff we got coming yeah. up as well yeah, this cardiff year in december yeah yeah they they if we keep playing like this they don't stand a chance well this is it tim because <laughs> It is nicer to see, but at the same time, you know, we are making this transition and playing out from the back a lot quicker and being a lot more urgent. It's, it's crisper. There seems to be more of a purpose to it, but we're still not scoring enough goals. Is that a concern? I'd say yes. And I think that the best way to describe Russell Martin is pragmatic. 
his slow, methodical approach to maintaining possession and working through and cycling through if the, if the, if the play isn't there, it's fine when you feel that you can make those, uh, you know, get that one zero up early, get the two zero up early, get a couple goals, and then we can play that way. But the urgency and, and sometimes even the luckiness to be able to get those last minute goals, I think that if we're able to hit that stride, we've built a foundation for it, but it just needs to come earlier and we need to make more of what he said, urgency. We need to be on the front foot and we need to be quicker and we need to get those goals earlier because we need to settle in and yeah. know that anybody can come be and beat us on the counter. Well, at any yeah. Point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the counter that you need to watch out for. And I, I don't mean any disrespect to Mill, but they, they didn't look like they had that in them. Um, but yeah, I just want it to be more comfortable. I want to see more goal. I know I'm, we, we won one there. We got a clean sheet. We got three points. We're up to fourth. Stop whining. But yeah, Kev, your man, Ryan Fraser, 93rd minute. Uh, good, great moment again. He loves it. Just scoring right in front of the, the traveling fans. Uh, never seems to start. Comes off the bench around the same same time and comes on for Suleimana and gives us that extra boost. Now, I know this is probably controversial for you, Kev, but I kind of like him in that role because he's kind of the ultimate match winner off the bench. He seems to be doing that. And I, I like to keep it that way. I don't want to start him because if you start him, you, you, you then need to take off maybe Stu or Suleimana or, you know, uh, Alcaraz possibly, but I quite like Ryan Fraser coming off the bench and running at a tired defence because it seems to be working. Yeah, definitely he's the ultimate super sub at the moment. We should start calling him um, Oli Gunnar Fraser. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to be rotation if you've got two games in a week. And, um, yeah, he's probably going to start now and again, isn't he? But, uh, yeah, and, and he seems happy to be playing that role as well, which is the, uh, the best thing. He's not... Yeah, 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 he understands. Yeah. He believe, yeah, he believes in in what, what manager and the players trying to do, and understands his role and and, and in, is enjoying himself. I mean, we've heard overtures to that you know he might want to stay after the end of the season. Yeah, I'm um, I'm all for it. Um, actually, I have a quote because he said that uh, at ha- half time, uh, Russell Martin's team talk is what changed it around for us. Um which was it's great to hear. Uh, and, Ryan, and Ryan Fraser had a quote, and he said, I think the game in the first half was tough. They made it really difficult for us. It was really narrow. We obviously like to play through the thirds and in the middle a little bit more, but this is how good Russell Martin is as a manager. He got the boys in at halftime, and he told us a way to get around that. And that change from the first half team talk, to have that dominance in the second half is so hard. I think he just gave us a little more structure change and that's what happens when we've managed to get that goal at the end and celebrate with the fans again. Uh, just an amazing feeling. So, yeah, lots of good things to say about Russell Martin, in spite, you know, not actually starting a game himself. He does seem to be a little bit uh, a bit happy uh, with the situation, which is great. Um, but something that needs to be mentioned in that goal, uh, Tim, was the, the, the great work from Adam Armstrong again. He's... He just gets stuck in and does that dirty work a lot, doesn't he? He did absolutely fantastic. And and the runs I think that Adam Armstrong make are the best attacking presence that we have on this team. So you see him be able to, <laughs> I mean, he just kind of like sneaks in there. Uh, he's just able to fi- find his path and, you know, he's able to make that runs. And the best thing too was he's doing them well into the 90th minute. The guy's got so much pace. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, right, so yeah. late. 
And finding Ryan Fraser, and I, I know I called from uh, Perot a Mighty Mouse. Ryan Fraser is definitely that Mighty Mouse, but even stronger than what Perot was like. So I'm really happy to see them both be successful. And I, I really find that we've got a good wor- good working relationship up front. And even though that the, the chances aren't as many as we would like, I think if we just keep doing them and cycling through and and, and be able to build up a little bit more, a little bit more, we can we can definitely not need that Fraser last minute goal. Uh, we can get them get them a little earlier. Please, please, just a little bit earlier would be nice. Um, but yeah, uh, James B, great in the crowd. It's, he loves it. It's, it's, you can see, you can tell. Um, I'd love to see that too. But yeah, huge, huge three points. This is one of those victories that you felt like, I don't know, does it feel like something is turning now? Can we start going into these matches feeling more confident? Because I certainly am anyway. And, you know, we're at the moment, we're a team to beat. I think the next match is going to prove that. It's going to be so tough. Um, but the clean sheet, guys, clean sheet is so important. And it was deserved. Um, and it takes our goal difference back up to zero. Um, and that's the first time we haven't been in the minus since that awful away day at the Stadium of Light. But, yeah, looks so much better and organised that the back kept shape well. Didn't concede from a corner again, although... Did look shaky at times, but there is an improvement, Kevin. These set pieces and that and the new set piece, uh, set piece coach uh, Andreas Georgson. Um, it's taken some time, but there's definitely it's definitely improving, and it's important that we recognise that. Yeah, it's coming as well as well as the work on the defence as well. It, is, it does seem to be improving. Um, yeah, it's, it's not just the attacking side of the game. Um, it's yeah, the, the tactical and the set piece side of it as well so yeah i said you wait till next week when we can see three goals at home and three of them from corners and it'll be like for fuck's sake this team's going backwards say your prediction <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah. I, so hey, say, let's I, be I... careful <laughs> let's be careful it is west brom so i'm going to talk a little bit about the yeah. uh, uh their center backs yeah exactly but yeah that's fourth now eight wins four losses three draws 27 points and a goal difference of zero um, it's now time that we can, you know, push and carry on and, and get those three points at home to West Brom. They sit, you know, just a point behind us. And uh, yeah, the, I think the rest of the month looks better. All right, Kev, have you got any stats? Yeah, I, uh, I've got a lot of stats at the moment. Um, Good, I love them. Let me uh, ingest. Yeah, let's start with possession. Um, yeah, 73% uh, possession, uh, 849. Still touches. not got those thousand yet. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, 675 passes, success of 88%. We had 16 shots to their seven, of which they only had one on goal, whereas mm. we had eight. Good good to read that. Good to hear that. Um, XG? I do know the XG if you want it. I do have it. Ah, okay. I but do, I, want it, I, want it. It. I want to hear yours. No, unfortunately, I don't have it. Oh. Ah, well, what do you want to guess? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with 1.2. Okay. From, from yes, Noel. and they probably had like 0. 0.3. Okay, yeah, you're not far off. Um, We had 1.0 and they had 0. 0.5. You got yeah, the same. I got the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the majority of that XG is that um, West so Harding header. The crossbar, yeah, yeah. Hit the crossbar, yeah. Would have to be, wouldn't it? I mean, they so, had another uh, one, yeah. didn't they? That, that, that they, uh, that from a, I think it was from the free kick, actually, that Flynn Downs got booked on when they just whizzed it across the face of the goal and they headed it wide and kind of uh, Bazzini just kind of watched it go out. Uh, very, very limited in their chances. Yeah. Yes, that's don't lie. I mean, it's pretty much how the game panned out, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. And yeah, Millwall only having one shot on target is, is great. We, we have stepped up recently and limited those chances. 
Um, so, yeah, that clean sheet was very, very much deserved. Um, and Russell Martin said, we've limited teams over the last however many weeks to very, very little. It's one shot on target again today. Away here, that is no mean feat. So I'm really proud of them. It's a big clean sheet. They deserve that. The supporters deserve that. It was a brilliant energy, brilliant atmosphere, and the players thrived off of it. They loved it and enjoyed it. It's a good win, but a really brilliant, uh, but a really brilliant, I think, away performance. So, yeah, really, really good. Uh, Kev, I'm going to start with you. Who's your man of the match? Um, OK, I'll start with a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, Camardine, Alcaraz, Electric, um, all, the, all of that, that action uh, that carried on right up to the final whistle. Um, yeah, they were still on it. And, uh, yeah, I thought they were, they were really brilliant to watch. But um, seems we've got a clean sheet. It's uh, once in the blue moon we get one. So uh, I think it has to go to a defender. Like we said, Baza had the night off. And I thought Taylor Harwood Bellis was absolutely outstanding, um, not just defensively, with um, some great clearances and key blocks that he got got him to thwart any chances that Millwood had of attacking. And also uh, showed that uh, he can play a part in playing out from the back with some really good long balls um, and some quite accurate, accurate clearances, not just two of them, but... Um, he managed to clear the ball and find someone. It's just, uh, I thought that was yeah, more luck than judgment. Things you'd love to see. I, one I of mean, those, yeah, one of those I thought, wow. Then I thought, oh. It, it, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but, you know, there's only so often you could do it before, you know, it can't just be a coincidence. Mm, exactly. Uh, Tim, so you're going, sorry, you're going with Taylor Howard bellis yeah? Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Perfect. Uh, Tim. So you said honorable mentions. Sumana obviously did very well. Um, two people I do want to highlight that you didn't mention. Kyle Walker Peters. He was the person who drove in leading to the Armstrong, you know, crossover in the, in the Fraser goal. He is a stalwart. I think he is a top three player in the championship and he was absolutely fantastic once again today uh james Bree, uh i i don't know if we that we didn't really talk about him or his potential injury but finding him in that left back position what i feel is more confidence compared to ryan manning who is going to make a mistake or two which we saw multiple times there towards the end. Uh, I'd felt that Bree is able to sit back and allow Walker Peters to go forward. And I feel confident in him being so well and so in position that he, he can, I think, it, you know, we slow down and slow down their attack and it's been very helpful. But yes, Taylor Harwood Bellis, he is a future England player in the I think he is going to be absolutely fantastic for us he's been an amazing signing I've been talking about him all season long and I think he was absolutely fantastic today so he is a stalwart he is the standout and I think he is the player of the match yeah although if he is going to be an England regular then he can't be playing for Saints because that just doesn't happen I wanted to give it to Taylor Howard Bellis, and I also wanted to give it to Jan Bednarik as well, because like Kev said, you get a clean sheet, it's, they're probably the reason for it, unless the keeper stands on his head. Didn't need to, but I won't give it to, to Bednarik because of that yellow, and he's put us in a little bit of a problem uh, against West Brom. I was going to give it to Taylor Howard Bellis, but because you two have already done it, I'll go completely different. Um, I want to give it to Fraser uh, because of you know what he did again. 
Um, but I won't because you didn't play long enough. And I don't think I can do that. So I'm going to give it to Charlie Alcaraz because, you know, he had five shots, uh, two of them on target, had the most tackles, the most blocks. Um, sometimes, I don't know, he just stands out a little bit more. And this was one of them. And I remember him just driving the ball through the middle quite a lot. Um, and Russell Martin has also said that he, it was his best performance. So uh, that's good enough for me. So I'm going to give it to uh, to Alcaraz. He's, he's got so much flair and he doesn't look like a championship player. He looks nice. like he, he, he he's he's definitely got that Argentinian feel, feel to his play. And he will definitely be great when we go up next year. This year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's well, a Premier so he, player. Yeah, you're right. And well, he's he's more Champions League than Championship. So, but hopefully he can do both in the same shirt. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, West Brom. Then uh, we travel. No, we don't travel. We're at home uh, to West Brom uh, on Saturday the 11th. That's a three o'clock kickoff at St Mary's. Uh, the nickname. Then, um, do you want to do your nicknames or the actual nickname? Um, for every nickname that Tim gives, I'll give my uh, counter proposal. Okay. So. <laughs> Tim, we'll start with you then. What's uh, what's your nickname for the, for West Brom? Just the Albion. Okay. How about the albinos? Okay. It's like tennis. It's going back to it's going back to Tim. It's not the baggies, they're the ball sackies. What about the handbags, the druggies? And most of all, they are the baggies. Yeah, they are the baggies. Um, also known as the throstles. Yes, that's the bird on their crest. But um. Mm. Uh, I, I propose calling them the thrush. Yeah, I, do you know, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. But even before I mentioned the thrush. No, as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, I know he's going to say something about thrush now. I know it. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Boing, boing, uh, West Brom. Maybe we can call them the Zebedees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that it for your uh, nicknames? Do you really want any more? No, I don't need any more. Trust me, I don't. Um, I don't need any of your chance, but I still think you're going to do that as well. Um, as we're at home this week, does that mean you have to do a home player? Yes. Are you going to Are you going to finish your Will Smallbone one? Well, it is quite yes. Um, it's yeah. quite yeah. It's quite literally a fucking banger. Okay. Billy Smallbone. Billy Billy Smallbone. Billy Smallbone. Billy Billy Smallbone. Billy Smallbone. Billy Billy Smallbone. Billy, Billy Smallbone. Oh, you. Pretty bitty small bone, bitty bitty small bone, we love you and are bitty bitty small bone, bitty bitty small bone loves us too. High, low, anywhere we go, on bitty bitty we defend small bone, bitty bitty small bone, <laughs> our fine bald midfield friend, small bone, bitty bitty small bone, our fine bald midfield, bitty small bone, bitty bitty small bone. <laughs> That's good, Kev. That done the trick. Be a banger. That is a banger, yeah. I like it. Yeah, um, yeah let, let us know. You think, is it a banger or just um, clapped out? Shitty or bang, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right, can we get on to serious business now and talk about West Brom? Yeah, quick uh, quick yeah. item. Um, so, so the question, so one of the things I found, because like, the term Albion, most Americans and aren't really going to know what Albion means. So do you, you know, from a literary term, do you know much about it? Uh, Kevin does. Kev, I'm I mean, historically, it's something to do with being white. It's, well, I mean, historically, I mean, just the name of Albion itself. Like, I was, you know, super curious about knowing what it meant. And it just basically means, you know, like the, it's, it's a toponym comes from the Greek language and it just says it's an alternative name for Great Britain. Yeah. I don't know if you had like any, any historical uh, insert to that. I, I, no, I wasn't joking about the white. I thought that the etymology of it came from um, white, like the lads on the white cliffs of Dover or whatever. Um, yeah. 
it might be something to do with that. Albino is is mm. um yeah, it's not by coincidence. I think it's a cognate. But, uh, okay. Yeah, it's weird that the the the, the Gaelic for um, Scotland is Alba. Um, I, I don't I don't think that's just a coincidence, but maybe yeah. not. It's it's like, the dictionary. Yeah, like the, the, the root says like it's in, in Old Welsh. It's basically <clears> similar <throat> to Earth, World, Land, Country, District. Mm. Ah, so it is, uh, no, it isn't by coincidence then. No, I, I said I yeah. said probably not. I, I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, Albus is the Latin for white, so an allusion to the white glyphs of Dover. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. Then. Oh yeah. This is mm-hmm. fascinating. This is, I mean, I like this is really cool. Historic. I mean, it, this was a really in, the most interesting thing I found. So there, <laughs> there we go then. Any American <laughs> listeners, if you need to know what Albion means, then we've got you covered. So. Yeah. Giving you, giving you English lessons everywhere mm. we go. Perfect. But yes, uh, tell us about tell us about West Brom, Tim. Absolutely. So, founding member of the Football League, and historically they've been very, very successful. Uh, really, up until the mid '80s, they really maintained that presence in the top tier since the beginning in the 1880s when they were founded to the 1980s. So most recently they did have a few, few years in the 2010s uh, in the premier league, and they did have one year in 2017 to 2018 currently managed by Carlos Corberon. Uh, so far, a very successful start to the season. They are currently sitting just below us there in fifth place. But one thing that you need to notice that within the table, they have the third best goal difference in the league at plus 10 and the second best goals against in the league with only 10 uh, with only 15 goals scored against them so far. And they are in the playoff picture. And this is a massive test for us. To me, they are at our level and to, we need to close ground on the teams around us. And to me, most of all, this is the most important and meaningful match we've had this season because this is the test. This is what will set us apart than just winning these last-minute games against teams who are mid-table. We need to beat the teams around us, and they are one of them. They've done it really without any new players who have made a significant significant or meaningful impact. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Sarmiento was on loan from Brighton, and they thought that was going to be a great coup for them, but he's played very little. And Josh Maja of the Sunderland fame came in from Bordeaux, uh, and really hasn't made a difference or played very much at all. But their key players, Brady Diangana, uh, signed from West Ham a while ago, absolutely fantastic. He's the shifty one. He's a menace uh, on the team. John Swift, also been very fantastic, but we need to highlight their defense. So Kyle Bartley and Dan- uh, Darnell Furlong, uh, they are back from center backs from when they were in the, the Premier League, and they are menaces. Uh, additionally, Cedric Kipre, uh, who was in loan recently for the last couple of years, but has been making a strong impact. And at 26, he's a late bloomer in that center uh, center back uh, mold. And then they have off the bench Semi Aji, who can come in and really just be a, a menace overall. So to me, this strength comes from that center uh, center of their defense. Yeah, he was an ex-Arsenal player as well, and he sent me a Jai. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Last five games that they've had, they beat Hull City 3-1. They beat Coventry 2-0. They beat QPR 2-0. They drew Plymouth 0-0, and they lost to Birmingham City 3-1, and, but that was in the pre-Rooney era. So they're on a hot streak. 
four unbeaten so far and three wins in their last three games. They're coming in hot. Going to be a good one. Tactics. Looking at uh, Carlos Cobran, he is recognized probably most from that uh, Premier League stint that in Huddersfield Town had for a couple years. Mm. Question for you guys: What do you think the average age of their team is? Twenty-four. I'll go twenty-five. They are tied with Sheffield Wednesday for the average age oldest in the championship at twenty-seven point six. Nobody who started a game is uh was under the age of 20 is 20 uh, under the age of 24 so nobody started the game at 23 or below their entire team is built on late 20s early 30s strong stalwart historically in the championship players so to us you know with us being our average age being 24.4 one of the lowest in the leagues uh they're, we're going up against a very, very, very mature side. Are you saying this is men against boys and they're going to bully us? Unfortunately, I think their center backs can do that. Shit. Currently a 4-4-2, but it can be malleable. And you'll see that the build-up play comes from maintaining possession through Kipre, building out through Yokozlu. Okay, Yokozlu is a de- defensive mid. And then center, uh, uh, center mid Alex Moad who dominate the possession and has the most possession uh, of their team so far uh, and throughout the rest of the season. You'll see them push down the sides uh, through the outside uh, attacking midfielders. Matt Phillips is on the left, once again, early 30s, and Dean Ghana, who is on the right and, to me, their best player overall, despite their strong center backs. So their attack is led by Jed Wallace, who historically been in the championship for a long time, played for Millwall for a number of years. And then Brandon Thomas Asante. So I want to note that neither of them are above six feet tall. They're both 5'10 and 5'11. But their height comes from their defense. That Bartley, Forlong, Kipre, uh, Ajay, they're 6'3 or above. With Benaric out, how are we going to be able to match up against them? That is the key. That is the key matchup. So Holgate, obviously a big guy, not afraid to throw himself around. Harwood Bellis, this is going to be the biggest test because when you see them coming up for set pieces, that's going to be the difference maker is what what can they do from there? Mason Holgate yeah. is, what, is he six foot? It's not. He's not massive. But, I mean, uh, he is. Yeah, uh, he's six foot. He's six, he is six feet tall, but yeah. he pl- plays wider than he than he does play tall, which is something something of note. Mm. But with the lineup, then do we uh, we keep everything, and then who's going to be that center back? Shea Charles, who's six two, but a little bit more slender, just turned twenty years old today. So happy birthday, Shea Charles! Does, yeah. And the only other thing I can see in the lineup coming up as a change is Ross Stewart on the bench for the first time. So hopefully something that we can lean on in case. West Brom, they are a damn good team. I want the home fans to come up and support the team uh, with this huge run that we've had, especially in the away games. Last seven games without a loss. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a grind. It is going to get ugly. It's not going to be as pretty, you know, the full dominant possession that we had in Millwall. And while they might have a similar profile to Milwaukee, they are better in their midfield and in their counterattack. So, like I said, biggest test of the season. It's going to be a tough one, but it's going to be a damn one, fun one to watch. When it comes to predictions, it's me up first as well. Um, I said to you, Kev, that I, I was feeling a little bit more confident going into these. I, I kind of feel like West Brom have snuck in 
I mean, I, I thought they were kind of like middling, and, and then I didn't realise quite how hot they were coming into this game. Uh, and then you put into the take into account of the the, the suspension to Jan Bednarek and you know the height that they have at the back. It is going to be more difficult than I first thought. But I want to be positive still, I, I, and I really, really hope that we, we we get the crowd involved in this and make it a twelfth man. So I'm going to say, oh yeah, I'm going to say we win this game two one. No clean sheet, but yeah, we're going to win two one. Kevin. How are you feeling? West Brom might definitely come into it on a ridge frame of form, and um, in Tim's report there wasn't exactly filling with confidence. Um, Jan Bednarek being uh, cast out of the team at time, and we do need some consistency in that defence. I think we might come unstuck, so I'm going to predict a 2-1 loss at home, but um, I'm quite happy to be proven wrong and score zero points. Oh, you bastard. You've just ruined all our positivity. Well, no, come on. Uh, either Saints are going to get beaten or I am. So it's a win-win for you guys. <laughs> Tim, how about you? Where do you stand? You're going to have to go down the middle now, aren't you? A win-loss and a draw. It, it, it's going to be, a t- like I said, it's going to be a tough one. I think they'll get, uh, they will get a goal from, from a set piece. <laughs> Uh, but I think we'll be able to scrape one back. Uh, but now, hopefully not in the last minute. But <laughs> I think it'll be it'll be it'll be a very 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 physical game. Uh, look for some very frustrated players on both sides of the ball. And once again, frustration on both sides, ending the game with a one-one draw for for both. Nine, Nine players draw. each. <laughs> yeah, Flynn Downs has got a red card in him. Yeah, it's just what is going to happen so at some point, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, guaranteed points for us then. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's scoreboard looking. The Discord, yeah, it's um, I wouldn't say <laughs> well, it's it, it's going. Uh, yeah, so many people going for a two-one Saints win. It was a very popular score. Uh, but only Kurt Supple was was going for the one-nil, so he is the only mover up the table. Uh, Tony Mears is still hanging on to his lead at the top on thirty points. Uh, Tim Brockers on twenty-seven. Uh, Kevin, you've leapfrogged me once again, so we've swapped places for the past three weeks. Um, yeah, you're a point ahead of me. Tim, you're right down the bottom. You need to pull your finger out, mate. Oh, maybe I enjoy the finger inside. <laughs> yeah, apologies. I, I, I don't know why I keep doing this every single week when I post out the uh, the league tables on, on the Discord. I keep on forgetting someone, sometimes multiple people. I mean, I don't know why. Uh, last week, I had an excuse that I was drunk and, and, and hung over, and yeah, but this week... I don't know. What is it? I'm not feeling very well. I had a very, very busy Saturday. Uh, but yeah, I, I can only apologise. He's got a mistake in him, Tim, hasn't he? I, I do have a mistake in me, unfortunately. Yeah. Just call me Mason. <laughs> anyway, Super Six. Round 14 was won by Gavin Burgess with 14 points. Round 15 was uh, Andrew Knight on 12 points. Uh, uh, round 16 is ongoing still. Uh, the overall lead is Andrew Knight on 160. He's pulled away. I think he's going to win this already. It's not even halfway through. Uh, fantasy football, Kevin, how are we looking? We're looking very shit, but um, um, luckily for us, everyone's had a shit week. Um, out of the <laughs> podcasters, um, Jack Service got the most points, 33, followed by Tim on 31, which uh, does lead him to be the second best podcaster. Showed your plans well. Uh, me and you are stuck at the bottom. I'm in uh, eighth place after getting 22 points and 16, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Although yours, yours still says nineteen, uh, so mine hasn't really updated. Does uh, it? Mine says twenty-two. Mine says sixteen. I think there was a, a lot of people that were going for a, a triple captain at Harland being at home to Bournemouth. Um, I was one of them that almost, well, almost did, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, uh, and he scored two points in their six-one win. 
start did I play my bench boost and still get still get twenty two points? No, that was last week. Uh I played my bench boost and got sixty nine. Do you know? Do you know what's really fucking annoying is I listened to one of those uh, fantasy football experts this week, and it said uh, mm. why you should take Trippier out of your team this week because he's got some tough fixtures coming up. I looked at it and I thought, yeah, he got Arsenal this week. I thought, Christ, I'm going to put Anthony Gordon and Kieran Trippier on my bench. Look what fucking happens. Trippier scores nine points, and Gordon bloody scored. So there's my bench. My bench has got more points than my fucking team put together. What a nightmare. Yeah. Um... My 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 bench is um all the best players I think are on my bench like they scored fourteen points and I got twenty one so yeah I don't know maybe if um Solon van der Ben can get some goals salvage my week but uh, yeah it's not looking good uh, big league Tommy Rafferty and Dan Buck they are both tied on six hundred ninety one points uh, they share the third place second is Brad S's Brad's lads who move up having a total of 705 points, despite only scoring 14 for the game week. Uh, I know he's off the top spot, he is, uh, Brad S, uh, being replaced by Chris Banner. Uh, he scored 38, which seems massive compared to what everyone else has been getting. Uh, just mm-hmm. one point ahead on 706, all to play for. Uh, I do have, I mean, I still have four players left to go. So that's one thing to one thing to consider there. So you got you got Madison against Chelsea, haven't you? You've got uh, Darwin Nunez against Luton. Oh, that could be that could be trouble. Mm. Yeah, good one. 32 points. I'll probably finish in the 40s. Yeah, that's quite respectable. Average is 22, apparently. So one. Yeah, very good. Uh, Gaffer? Currently right now, no changes in the, in, the, in the top of the leaderboard. We did reset, so we're in the middle third of the league. So all of your power-ups are still available right now. Uh, let's see, taking a look here, I had 63 points, Moscow Mush, uh, and with 52, uh, Ray, you are still in fourth and did pulled 60 today. Tim Brucker still in the lead, 68 points on the week itself. Only movement we see is Tom Pickett coming up in the ninth while Andrew Green dropping down to 10th. Uh, really seeing some separation here in total points, but it's still a slog. There's still a lot to go. Uh, two thirds of the league is left to play and let's continue on and have some fun. This is a, it's good. It's fun playing in the championship from, uh, fantasy just as much as, uh, the Premier League is. Okay. So yeah, that is it then this week. Um, and we will discuss the West Brom game next week. Uh, and then we have that international break. Uh, but Tim will still be on hand to give us the lowdown on our return against Huddersfield and that midweek fixture at St. Mary's against Bristol City. So until then, up the Saints. Up the fucking scum. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up my Southampton. Podcast Network.